Welcome to Sampu, your way to success, where we spread love, best business practices, and empower everyone to be daymakers. Here is your host, Sam Burns. attending hippies from the 60s. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there were posters on the wall that said, what if they gave a war and nobody came, and war is not healthy for children and other living things. And my mom was very focused on the content and character of somebody's heart, and nothing else really mattered. So uh, when I heard Paul Mitchell, the man, say that on stage, I was very inspired by that. And at the time, I was working in, in the mall at uh, a chain of salons called Your Father's Mustache. I know. So... Uh, but my ego was not that big. If you were paying, I was playing. And uh, so at any rate, in 1989, I joined Paul Mitchell. Uh, raise your hand if you were born after 1989. I should really just quit asking this question. So uh, I've been with Paul Mitchell since 1989. And in 1989, when I joined John Paul Mitchell Systems, we had five or six products. Shampoo number one, shampoo number two, sculpting lotion, uh, the conditioner. We just launched hair repair, and we're on the verge of launching baby no cry shampoo. Way before we had Paul Mitchell schools, way before we had a Paul Mitchell color, we were just sculpting hair. And, uh, and I loved it. And I loved this hippie company that was going to change the world and no living creature would suffer for a hairdresser to make a dollar. And when I aligned myself with Paul Mitchell, the trajectory of my life changed. I, at Paul Mitchell, people didn't care whether you're rich or whether you're poor or whether you're black or whether you're white or whether you're gay or whether you're straight. The people at Paul Mitchell cared whether you were a person of character. And that was important to me. And over the past 35 years that I've been a professional hairdresser and 30 years that I've been with Paul Mitchell, I've taught a class in every state in this country, seven different countries. Over a million people have seen me at either a big hair show or a small seminar like this. I've done over 20 television shows, including American Idol. I've been a salon owner. I was the director for Robert Croming Salons. I did New York City Fashion Week 10 years in a row. Um, I've made products for Paul Mitchell. The very first one was called Waxworks. The last product was called Mitch. I... Uh, got to work with celebrities. I mean, I've done everything, everything, everything I ever wanted to do in the professional beauty industry, and it wouldn't have happened had I not aligned myself with Paul Mitchell. And currently, I'm in Houston, developing and training learning leaders how to become world-class teachers. So I spend a lot of time on the road. Uh, so I just want to share a little bit of that journey with you today and help you make your dreams come true. Because if I can do it, you can do it for sure. And, uh, and hopefully have a little bit of uh, fun together. So we're done at what time? 
Noon? Okay, noon. Who said noon? That's the hungry person. Like, noon. We're done at noon. That's when we're going to go have lunch. So, uh, I do spend a lot of time on the road, but when I'm not on the road, I'm home with my puppy Dolce. This is my puppy Dolce. You can, this is actually his baby picture. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Dolce the Pup. He is a very spoiled puppy, and he has no luck, he has no idea how lucky he is to have a gay dog dad. Because uh, I spent all my money on him. Like, he gets his paws wiped, and he has farm and table food that he's very fussy about, and he has this lady that babysits him when I'm on the road with you that has like a farm and a goat and she babysits like six other dogs and he has like his own dog pool and uh, and then so like I spend a lot of time with all of you and then when I get on a plane tomorrow I land at one o'clock and will immediately go to my school and then I'll be at my school for 12 hours on Thursday and 12 hours on Friday so when I'm home on Saturday I'm spent like I'm tired. So all I want to do is I barely go work out with my trainer, but I work out with my trainer on Saturday mornings and I complain about the workout the whole time I'm there. And like from the minute I start till the minute I leave, I complain about it. And then I just want to kind of hang out. And my dog looks at me and is like, dude, like where is the goat and where are the other dogs? And this place is so boring. So I think that he thinks I am the babysitter and that his real life is the place with the pool. So, uh, at any rate, so that's my dog's life. In my next lifetime, I'm coming back as a gay dog. Uh, gay dog, dad, dog. Uh, and then a year ago, I moved to Texas. Anybody from Texas? It's hot in Texas. Y'all didn't tell me that when I was visiting Texas for a year and a half. It is hot in Texas. We moved to Texas a year ago, and I have never been to a place as hot and as humid as Texas is. And everyone in Texas says, but the humidity is good for your skin. <laughs> and I'm like, and so is Botox. Like, oh, you know, come on. Uh, so I don't really understand why I currently live in uh, Houston, but I do. I live in the Lone Star State. I'm trying to bring that blue wave from California to Houston. So uh, Harris County is the only blue county in the whole state, but I do live in Harris County. Today we're going to learn how to be a little less angry. Uh, I'm sure nobody here in day school is angry. It's Rob L. Night School. Uh, but we're going to learn how to be a little less angry, and we're going to uh, hopefully love the professional beauty industry all over again. The news right now sucks. You know, Wynn Claybaugh, who's been my personal professional coach for 25 plus years, shared with me a long time ago, Sam, don't ever watch the local news. Because if you watch the local news, there's a saying in the news industry, but bleeds, it leads. You know, like tonight on Action News, there was a murder. Like, I ain't got time for any of that. So I don't watch the local news. Uh, I don't watch any television shows where there's a murder or you're going to jail or people did bad things to each other or there's blood or guns or, which means I watch no television. I watch, I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. And I, uh, yeah, I watch RuPaul's Drag Race over and over and over again and hope it's going to be a different winner. <laughs> and Shangela uh, uh, totally got ripped off. And, uh, and then I watched one hour of the Rachel Maddow show just to see what our president did this day, today because I can't believe that we have a Twitter president. I just can't believe it. Uh, and otherwise, I don't really watch any television show. And then sometimes I binge watch uh, Once Upon a Time on Netflix. Right? Because there's like 27 episodes in a season and there's seven seasons and the episodes are an hour long. Like you can get over an entire breakup watching Once Upon a Time. And it's like Snow White and Peter Pan and all that. Like how bad could it possibly be? Uh, anything else you saw in that video that stood out to you? Triumph is always the nearest one to That's the truth. Isn't that the truth? And don't give up. See, you wrote it down. <clears throat> and don't give up 30 seconds before the miracle happens. You, you know, you just keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying, 
And, you know, there's another saying in there that says sometimes you have to fight a battle more than once in order for you to win it. Margaret Thatcher. How many of you guys are fighting a battle right now more than once? I mean, I think we all have, right? Uh, by the grace of God, this November, I'll have 13 years sober. Uh, but... <clears throat> Yay, he drank a lot. <laughs> they tried to make me go to rehab, and I said, I should go, go, go. So I went. And uh, I went to party party, for sure. Uh, and then five years ago, I quit smoking. And then, oh, no, wait. And then four years ago, I started smoking again. And then three years ago, I quit smoking. And then two years ago, I started smoking again. And then I quit smoking. And then uh, in February, I guess, last year, my mom fell down and broke her hip. <clears throat> And, uh, or a little bit more than February. And uh, so then I started smoking again. And then in uh, March or April, she fell down and broke that same hip again. And was on her kitchen floor for 15 hours. And so I was chain smoking a lot. And then my mom subsequently passed away August 4th of this year. So now she's my guardian angel. Uh, so I, and then I started smoking her cigarettes. <laughs> and uh, so then, but in January, I ended up in the hospital with three different doctors. It's like I had like breathing doctor and nose doctor and heart doctor. And heart doctor's like, good thing you're on cholesterol medicine, so keep that up. And then nose doctor's like, how have you even survived this whole life with everything that's all jacked up inside your nose? So I just had that surgery. And then insulin doctor, because I gained 45 pounds whenever my mom died. Because when your mom dies, people like to eat whatever you want. Like, like just so you know. <laughs> that's right. What, like, I did not know that Papa John's would deliver pizza and brownies. <laughs> but who knew? And, and just in case you want to know, I can eat both of them in 15 minutes in one sitting. You know, I just like eat, just shovel it in like a dog. Like, I can eat faster than my dog. And then I woke up one day and was like, wow, I gained 45 pounds. I have no idea how that happened. Uh, so I got to the end of my wardrobe. Don't all of you guys have that wardrobe, like the skinny wardrobe and the medium wardrobe and then like the fat wardrobe? Like I was at the end. I was wearing corduroy pants in December in Houston. Uh, and I rented, or actually bought a Santa Claus outfit. So I'm going to be Santa Claus in my school. Thank God, because it's the only outfit that fit me. And uh, so I had to be Santa Claus like every day for three weeks because I had pants that were elastic that were red. And so at any rate, I went to the hospital and... Uh, so I had the three doctors, like the doctors from Christmas past, I don't know. And uh, so I've lost 25 uh, pounds of fat, and I've not smoked a cigarette since then, and because I really don't want to be on insulin, so I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Uh, but I believe that 55 is a marker in a man's life, and it certainly was my marker. And now that I live in Houston, I have said more than I ever care to say, God will only give you what you can handle. And I feel that God has given me a lot this year to handle. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I've learned all my lessons. Thank you. You can focus on somebody else now. I got it. I'm good. Lost some weight. Got my trainer. Don't smoke. Don't still don't drink. I did get through my whole mom's thing without drinking. Uh, so I got all my lessons. I'm good. Just move on next. Thank you. Uh, so uh, just sometimes you got to fight about it more than once. And here's my experience. If you don't learn it now, God's just going to keep giving you that lesson. And then eventually the wall's going to fall on you. And, you know, and I'm done having the wall fall on me, for sure. Uh, anything else stood in that video that you want to mention, or you want to mention, or you thought of? Was there something about a random act of kindness? What did it say? Yeah, one hour a week is 52. Right, if you do one random act of kindness a week, you're known as the guy that does 52 random acts of kindness a year. What's your name? Wyatt. Wyatt? So I don't think that's a bad thing to be known as a, a nice guy. I don't think the nice guys finish last. 
Uh, I think the nice guys finish first. I think we should be nice. We should be kind to one another. Uh, you know, I, I'm committed to doing not only one random act of kindness a day or a week. I'm committed to doing one random act of kindness a day. You know, like my favorite thing is to buy this person coffee uh, at Starbucks. So thank you for buying the coffee this morning, Jody. Uh, and, or I'll put a quarter in this person's meter, or I'll sweep up your hair, or I'll give you half my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like whatever it is. But just be nice. Don't you want to be around other nice people? There's so much meanness in the world right now. We've got to be nice. Uh, now, it's not a random act of kindness if you tell people about it. Although I am going to tell you about my favorite random act of kindness that I've ever done. Uh, who here has a crazy family? Raise your hand. Okay, you're my people. Yay! So my family's really crazy. There is a reason why I lived in Los Angeles and they lived in Philadelphia. Because I couldn't get any farther away unless I moved to Hawaii. And when you go home for Christmas, which I obligatorily did once a year, and only once a year, uh, when you go home at Christmas, you know, you got to go home at Christmas at the most expensive airplane time ever. And then you have to rent a car at the most expensive rental car time ever. And for the past 20 years, I've always given my family Palm Mitchell products for, for presents. So whether it's a birthday or whether it's Christmas or whether it's a hostess gift, you get Palm Mitchell products. Uh, a, I never have to go to the mall. B, don't we all have that friend that doesn't use Palm Mitchell products? Like we go in their bathroom and they're like, hey, what, what's up with the panty? So I'm always that guy. So when I get invited to your July 4th barbecue, I'm going to bring an orchid and some Palm Mitchell products. When I get invited to your birthday party, you're going to get some Palm Mitchell products and maybe some hand soap. No matter what, or you're going to get a tool, or you're going to get, but you're always getting Palm Mitchell products, which A, is great for me because I never have to go to the mall. B, I get to have all my friends on products they may or may not ever try before. And C, I get a tax deduction because every time you buy a Palm Mitchell product, you get to deduct that off of your taxes because that's part of your industry. Start thinking smarter and not harder in this industry, and that's how you're going to make $100,000. I've made $100,000 behind the chair as a professional hairdresser since I was 23 years old. There's a reason why it's called the beauty business. So just start thinking about that. So at any rate, went home a couple years ago for Christmas, got all my Palm Mitchell products, and when I went home that particular year, my whole family was fighting. Like, so, like, you're mad because you want to have... You want to go to church on Christmas Eve, but you want to have a Pollyanna for all the kids, and you're mad because you think it should be a vegan Christmas, and you think we should have turkey, and you're mad because you don't want to have turkey, you want to have ham, and you're mad because you just don't like her, and you're like, there was just drama everywhere, like the whole time I was gone. So I had to go from family to family to family as the firstborn child, spreading Christmas cheer, like, hey, all of you guys should get along, it's Christmas, like, do you remember? And like, I'd like to buy the world, like, do you remember that? So no, so everyone was fussy. So a week later, I decided, I'm like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Like, you guys have worn me out and you're my family. So I'm giving you my one year's notice that I'm not going home next year for Christmas. And my little niece is like, but Uncle Sam, what about the Palm Mitchell products? I'm like, I'll ship the Palm Mitchell products. Uh, so I talk about it all year long. I'm like, you're really not coming home. I'm like, no, I'm really not coming home. Like, I'm, I'm not ever doing this again. I'm not ever spending a week trying to fix all your problems. Uh, I know that you're my family, but you don't have to be my chosen family. And you made me miserable. And, you know, you only get two weeks off in America for vacation. And one of the weeks I spent with all of you guys, and you're miserable. So I'm not doing it. So I... Closer and closer and closer we got to Christmas the following year, <clears throat> excuse me, I decided, well, if I'm not going to go home, I have to use my powers for good and not for evil. And I realized that it cost me about $3,000 for me to go home. 
between the airplane ticket and the car rental and the time off and all of that. So I decided that particular Christmas that I was going to use that investment that I would have used going home in a place where I could really do some good. And I'd been involved with something like this before, but I'd never done it completely on my own. And I decided that that Christmas, I was gonna buy an entire third grade class a bicycle for Christmas. So I went to the local elementary school where Santa Claus was probably not gonna show up. You guys know where that elementary school is, right? There's that school in every town. So I went to the principal and I'm like, so here's my idea. I wanna buy the entire third grade class a bicycle for Christmas. And she's like, okay, cool. And I'm like, and I want it to be anonymous. And then I talked to some other friends of mine and I talked to Wynn Clayball who recently became a parent and he gave me a couple thousand dollars. Actually, George gave me a couple thousand dollars and then a few other people. So we amassed all this money and then we built all these bikes and now it's the day. So now we're going to this elementary school and the kids think they are going to a safety assembly. Like they think that they're just gonna be firefighters and they're gonna meet police officers. So there's like like one or two like firefighters and one or two police officers. And I go out with my little Santa Claus hat on. And I'm like, hey kids, so whenever you're at a red light, what do you do? And they're like, we look both ways and we stop. I'm like, that's right. And whenever you're at a green light, what do you do? And like, we look both ways and then we go. I'm like, and that's right. And then the curtain opened up and then you got a bike and you got a bike and you got a bike and you got a bike. It's freaking awesome. And I get to be Oprah. And I didn't have to go home for Christmas, so it was great. So just decide who you want to be in the professional beauty industry and why you want to be that person. What's going to be your carbon footprint that you want to leave behind? I want to be a nice guy. That's my intention. Did you guys ever see this slide, maybe in core, yeah. the tree of opportunity? So if you would replace this word culture with your professional beauty license, these are all the different things that you can do in the professional beauty industry. And I've done every single one of them. I have worked with Palm Mitchell School World in education, as an education director, I'm now teaching teachers how to become great teachers. Uh, I work with the education leader. I was uh, uh, trained in financial, or help train admissions, never financially, help train admissions. Uh, I was salon owner. I was Robert Cromie salon owner. I uh, managed a chain of salons. Uh, I was an independent salon owner. I've done everything there is to do with the Paul Mitchell world, because I've been with Paul Mitchell forever. And then I've done hair for cruise ships, fashion week, uh, music videos, Theaters. I ran a Palm Mitchell distribution for several years, Davidson Beauty Supply, which I think is still your distributor here in the Carolinas. I've done everything, everything, everything there is to do in the professional beauty industry except for one. I've never done hair for funeral homes. And I've never gone to do hair for funeral homes. It is not my jam. Now, for those of you guys that want to do hair for funeral homes, I understand the money is really good. And you only have to do half the work. And your clients don't complain. But your clients also don't come back. I mean, at least I hope they don't come back with that stuff. Like, you're laying in bed one night, like, I hated my hair. So, I'm never, ever, ever doing that. Uh, for sure. But, but otherwise, I can help you out with anything else. And none of that would have taken place had it not been a hairdresser. I love being a hairdresser. I think you guys are the coolest people on the planet. I love you. You are my people. I know you're my people because you're all, like all in black. I know you're my people because you probably have a Sharpie you use to make the color stains go away in all of your clothes. I know you're my people because you take all of your money and you either eat it, drink it, drive it, wear it, or smoke it. You guys are my people. You eat faster than anybody on the planet. Uh, who here is in core? Anybody in core? Oh, man, that's such a bummer. Because when you're in core, you still like school. 
<laughs> Do you remember when you guys used to love school? Yeah. You'd walk around like this, my kid, my kid. <laughs> Daphne's walking around like this, my cat, right? <laughs> <laughs> my cat, one in the bed, my locker. Somebody stole my brush. <laughs> Where are the creatives at? Creatives. You guys walk around like this, do I get a box of this, do I get a box of this, do I get a box of this, and I did a haircut today, so I should get a shampoo box, a haircut box, a blow dry box, and Sam Burns is here, so we should get double boxes. <laughs> uh, who here is getting ready to graduate? Oh, yay! You have the countdown calendar. Yay, how much time do you have left to promo to the jail? I mean, promo to the school. How much time do you have left? July 31st. July 31st. Who's getting out before July 31st? Anybody, anybody, anybody? What? July 30th. You're getting out July 30th? Okay, what's your name? Melanie. Melanie, anybody getting out before July 30th? No, we'd like for a parole or anything like that. Okay, July 30th. So, Melanie. Um, M-E-L-A-N-I-E. Okay. So, Melanie, where are you going to work? <laughs> what? Melanie, what's the date today? July 9th. Melanie, you're getting up July 30th. What are you thinking about that? You're going to have a loan soon. No? Oh, good for you. Melanie's rich. Everyone become Melanie's rich. <laughs> Scary. So, 
All right, so this is for Melanie and, and the rest of you. Uh, take some good notes. <clears throat> I recorded in way back. Thank you. Way back. <laughs> you know we got this whole thing of falling to the school about the stuff. markers. <laughs> I don't really get it. Is anybody old enough to have like scratch and sniff notebooks? Okay, so a friend of mine, uh, a makeup artist in New York City, whose name is Michael Angelo, came up with scratch and sniff wallpaper. There's scratch and sniff cherry wallpaper, and there's scratch and sniff banana wallpaper, and it's featured in the Museum of Modern Art. At that point, making so much money off of scratch and sniff wallpaper, which we used to have as notebooks. I'm just saying. No offense, Michelangelo, because we're recording this for one of my podcasts. Uh, okay, so a long, long, long time ago, in the 90s, before you were I put together, is this the marker you chose for me already? <laughs> Walk the whole way up to the front and show me our. Right. <laughs> it's the wrong one. You intentionally brought me this one. Wait, he, now we're picking up every marker possible. Walk me this one. So, okay, oh, it's this one. It's definitely this one. Alright, so. Alright, so. Oh, wait, it's Is two thousand dollars a week. 
You cannot leave the salon until every week until you bring in $2,000. And then 50 weeks a year, because in America you get two weeks off for vacation, 50 times 2,000 is $100,000. So that's the mindset I want you to have. This is the mindset that I've been coaching for 35 years. You need to bring in $50 every hour. Every hour. You cannot leave until you're bringing $50 an hour. You cannot go up to the front desk and say, mark me out for an hour. i got to go to the beauty supply store. You just lost 50 bucks. And when you lose $50 in the professional beauty industry, you never, ever, 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 ever get it back. Because you can't come to work tomorrow and do two haircuts at the same time. You with me? So when you lose it, you lose it forever. So $50 every hour, $400 every day. You cannot leave the salon until you bring $400 to that. If it's 7.30 p.m., you cannot leave until you bring $400. If it's 1 o'clock, good for you, you get to go. But you cannot leave the salon until you bring $400 a day. You cannot close the salon door until you bring $2,000 a week. Period. So what do you need to see? What do you need to smell? What do I need to do for my guests in order for them to give me $2,000? And that's how you'll first create $100,000 behind the chair. See, we don't let you in the $100,000 club until you create $100,000 on your own steam. You have to be able to create $100,000 on your own steam with your own two hands and your own two feet. That's how we let you into the $100,000 club. Now, there's a difference between being let into the $100,000 club and going home with $100,000. First, the first step is you're going to get let into the $100,000 club. After you get let into the $100,000 club, then we start giving you some real math. So that's when we do math for the bear problems. So after you brought in $100,000, Melanie, if you work for one of the salons that I coach, and I coach about 10 to 15 salons a year, and every salon that I coach, I say I want you to always pay commission. Now that's a whole different class, and I don't have time to do this. And if you want to learn more about that, you can download my business building CD called Cliff Diving and Journey of New Hope. And it's all about opening up a salon that I opened called Hello Gorgeous with no clients and selling them for a profit eight years later. But for the sake of today's class, just know that no salon can remain <laughs> prosperous or in business if you're going to ever get more than 40% commission. You just can't. So if you work for one of the salons that I coach, I'm going to say don't ever pay more than 40% commission. So that's cool. So Melanie comes to work for this salon, and we're going to say it's called Hello Gorgeous, which was the name of my salon. And you're going to come work for me, and you work really, really, really hard. You brought in $2,000 every single week. You brought in $400 every single day. You brought in $100,000. However, we only pay 40% commission, which means your gross pay for the year was $40,000. And because you live in America, we're going to take $15,000 of that for taxes, mm. which means your average income is going to be $25,000, which is what the average hairdresser makes. Who here toured this school with the idea that you wanted to be average? Who here toured this school with the idea of, you know what, I only want to make $25,000, which is why I'm spending twenty dollars on my education? Who toured with that idea? Yet, 90% of you have an ordinary mentality. I walk through the school, or I walk through the broke room, and I hear people hanging out going, oh... Give that ticket to somebody else. I'm done with my boxes for the month. Oh, you've learned it already? At 600 hours? Good for you. 
Because you can Google it, you think you know how to do it. Show me something new. Show me something new. Now you can Google how to make hair blue all day long. But you know how to make her hair blue, her hair blue, his hair blue, and her hair blue every time with predictable results. Do you know how to do that or you just know how to Google it? See, we live in a Google society right now. Who's the girl here in this salon or in this school that can do really good cornrows up along the head, so a braid or, or plait along the head and good thin skinny cornrows? Who's the girl that can do it? Who is it? What's your name? Ashley. Ashley? Okay. A-S-H-L-E-Y. Okay, so this is the skill that I've been trying to perfect for 35 years. I've done 52,000 haircuts. I've taught classes all over the country. My stage partner, who Aubrey will remember, was the very first female black master associate palm which I'll ever have. Her name was Tiffany Morse. I have learned and perfected and sat next to people like you, Ashley, my whole life saying, teach me how to do this. And I've done it more than 500 times. Now I can braid it and I can pick up the hair and we can get about two or three inches into the braid and then I either give up or the braids get too loose or they're not consistent or I get frustrated or I get mine messed up in my head. I don't know, what, but I have practice and practice and practice until I can't practice anymore. And I finally just decided that I think I have too much meat and thickness in my finger to be able to get it close enough to the head. Okay, I get it, so, and, 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 and I might still have an opportunity, but I have to tell you that mentally I'm kind of checked out on it. After like 300 or 400 times, I'm mentally checked out. But I haven't really worked on it since I was 18. Because since I was 18 years old, I've known how to relax hair. Since I was 18 years old, I knew how to do a jerry curl. For six solid years, I wore a jerry curl. <laughs> Anybody old enough to remember jerry curl? Yeah. Michael Jackson was on the cover of the Thriller album. I want to be Michael Jackson with all my heart and soul, and I had a jerry curl. Well, my friends had a jerry curl. I didn't know that jerry curl was just, like, I didn't think jerry curl was, like, color-specific. I thought jerry curl was perm-specific. So I would go to bed with my TCB curl activator with my parachute pants and my pick that I'm, and my pants that I'm zipped down the side with my pick because I was too legit to quit. And I would wrap my hair up so that my TCB curl activator was a jack up my bed board. Like, I had, I had a jerry curl forever. I had this pink and blue rod jerry curl that came down over one eye. I looked like Elder Barge. I mean, I would go to the club with glitter in my hair. Like, I thought I was everything. I was this tall with 120 pounds and had a jerry curl. I can't believe people beat me up in school. Uh, I'm just shocked over it. So, uh, yeah, so I love that one. So at any rate, I know how to jerry curl, I know how to relax. People would say to me, do you know how to do black hair? I'm like, I don't care what color your hair is. I do black hair, I do brown hair, I do red hair, I don't do free hair. But if you got $20, let's go play. So my point is, you gotta do it over and over and over and over and over again until you can't get it wrong. If you really wanna be somebody in the professional beauty industry, I would encourage you today to start doing people that don't look like you. I'm going to venture to say, what's your name? Shot, uh, shaking your head. Corey. Corey. I'm going to venture to say you can do a men's haircut pretty good. Right? Because you came in here as a boy. Like, you know, like you understand boys' hair, you understand what boys do, blah, blah. Uh, who here has long hair? Help me. Okay, what's your name? Skylar. Skylar? Skylin. Skylin? Yeah. Spell it for me. S K Y L I N. 
S-K-Y-L-I-N. Yeah. I'll bet you're pretty good at doing long hair. Right? Yeah. A little bit, because you came in here with long hair. And people with long hair have a different way they maintain their hair. Is your hair all natural? Mm -hmm. What's your name? Ravine. 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 <laughs> She's saying something now. Okay, just, it's Raven. Raven. Have you tried our new tea tree curl system in your hair yet? With the cold wash and the lavender, the girl, it's everything. I'm here all day long. Come grab me because I can teach you all about it. It is everything. You will love it. And I know that my curl friends use and spend an average of $35 to $40 a month on hair care products. I know that my curl friends use at least two to three products on their wet hair. They, they use a leave-in conditioner, uh, rinse-out conditioner, some kind of other milk, conditioner, oil, whatever, to let their hair dry naturally, and then they never touch their hair when they're dry. Am I correct so far? Pretty much, kind of? Okay, uh, have you ever tried a cold wash? I love it, I love it, co-wash, everything. You will love it. So, the point is, You'd think, looking at me, like, well, how does that white boy know about any of that stuff? Like, you gotta, like, you got to learn that hair is hair. You know, Paul Mitchell believed that hair was hair. I believe that hair is straight, wavy, curly, and extra curly. Now, if you're asking me whether I do black hair, what you're really trying to ask me is, can I make your curly hair straight? And yes, I can. Uh, and if you're asking me whether I can make your straight hair curly, yes, I can. But I learned that through practice. I didn't learn that through Google. So you gotta get your hands in Raven's hair over and over and over again because Raven doesn't wear hair one way. So you're gonna be able to, to perfect Raven's hair many different ways. And then after you work on Raven's hair, then I gotta work on Ashley's hair. And then I gotta work on, what's your name? Patrice. Patrice's hair. And you gotta work on, oh, and then I gotta go work on Corey's hair because he's a boy and you know, boys think different. And then I gotta go work on, it went right out of my head. Skyland. Skyland, I knew it had something to do with a limb. Then I gotta work on Skyland's hair. Because long hair clients, long hair clients, they measure their hair by their body parts. You know, long hair clients come in and be like, she's like, oh my god, I totally do. Because they do. Like, I keep, they go, boom, boom. So my hair is here. And I want my hair to be, not your weave, that's different. So they're buying hair by the bag. She's growing hers out. Okay. So. She's calling you out. So. But she's like, I want my hair to be down to here. And so I need to be able to say to her, what would it mean to you if I can make your hair longer, stronger, and shinier than it's ever been before? And it's all her hair. You know, Oprah's whole claim to fame was, this is my hair. She's like, this is my hair. Uh, but Oprah got one hairdresser that worked on her hair for 25 solid years, Andre. If you've not ever bought Andre's book, you should, because he uh, won an award for that. Uh, and his whole thing is straight wavy curly and extra curly hair. But one of the reasons why Oprah got to get away with that being her hair every single day is she only filmed four shows a week as opposed to five. And in the summer, she braided her hair and let her hair go natural. Because she knew that through TV production time, she was going to have her stresses uh, stressed through blow dries, curls, and so forth. So you just gotta learn how to maintain it because girls with curly hair have a different routine than girls with long hair than boys do. And you're not gonna get that from Googling. You're gonna get that from doing it over and over and over and over again. So where's your hustle at? When you toured this school, you decided, how many of you guys had to talk your family into coming to this school because the school was expensive? Come on. So where's your $20,000 for the education? Let me give you a hard fact right now. 30% of the people in this room right now are going to drop out over the next two years because it's just too hard. 
That's a fact. 30% of every BD school enrolled person right now in the next few years is going to drop out. Are you going to be one of those 30%? Because if you're not, then it's the person to your right or to your left. 30% of the people in this room are going to drop out over the next few years. Do you know why? Because they've got no hustle. Do you know why? Because they don't have to people that look like them. Do you know why? Because they say things like, oh, I forgot my kit today. Okay, help me understand this. No, come on, these professionals, help me understand this. You went to beauty school. There are two people that walk through the door of a beauty school. Future professionals and people going to get their hair done. When you come into the beauty school without your tools, which is the only thing that makes you useful in this school, is your tools. You are no longer a future professional. You are a client. Because clients walk in with no tools. But when you walk in with no tools, you just became a hairdresser that thinks you can Google somebody's hair shorter. <laughs> or, or I can think your bangs shorter. Well, then you got magic powers. Because I've never met a hairdresser that can think somebody's hair blonde. But if you don't have a blow dryer, a comb, a brush, uh, then, then what are you doing here today? Like, really? What are you doing here? That's, that's the person you're going to be? And then you're going to say to me two years from now, oh, you know what? I decided I'm going to go work at blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say Waffle House because that's where I had dinner last night. I'm going to go work at Waffle House. I spent $20,000 to go to beauty school, but I'm going to go work at Waffle House. Do you know why you're working at Waffle House? Because you never came to beauty school with your tools. Do you know why you're working at Waffle House? Because the person to your right and the person to your left is saying, let's go do bad things out in the parking lot. The person to your right and to your left is saying things like, why are you joining take-home team? That's stupid. Why are you joining Dean's List? Now, I don't know about you, but I was a poor kid when I grew up. $20,000 is a lot of money. And I'm a high school dropout. I'm a high school dropout with a GED. I had to get a Pell Grant, and I had to get a student loan. And I worked all day long at school, and then I worked in the mall at night in order for me to pay my way out. And because I quit school, my dad made me pay $75 a month rent in 1981. So my paycheck for two weeks was $110. And my very first paycheck went to my dad for rent because I quit school. My dad was not playing. Because he was not going to have a dropout or a freeloader on his couch. And I was 17 years old and decided after being bullied every single day in beauty school, I couldn't take it anymore, so I quit school. And he's like, if you want to be a man, that's cool, but you got two choices, join the army or get a job. <coughs> and I was like, oh, hell no, I go to my high school, there was another army. <laughs> so, who are you going to be in the professional beauty industry? 30% of the people in this room are going to drop out. Only 3% of the people in this room will ever make over $100,000. And it's been my experience, it's normally the people that sit in the front row. Like, I'm the first person to arrive and the last person to leave. In 1989, when Paul Mitchell passed away of pancreatic cancer, Gene Bra became the artistic director for John Paul Mitchell Systems. Now, Gene Bra was kind of like the vice president-ish of Paul Mitchell. Like, if something would happen to Donald Trump, Mike Pence would become our president. I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying, like, that's how that went. So, uh, Gene Raw became the artistic director by default. 
and Jean Roth scoured the land, and I used to say, I don't know why she chose me, but that's not true. I know exactly why she chose me. She chose me out of 750 people in the Paul Mitchell Associate Program, and she chose me because I always sat in the front row. She chose me because she remembered my name. She chose me because I was the first person to arrive and last person to leave, and back then when we didn't have portable shampoo bowls, and we had to go up to a hotel room on the 13th or 14th floor and rinse somebody's long hair with a big gulp cup from 7-Eleven, in a bathtub, I had a smile on my face and said, okay, I'll do it. And she'd say, but here's the thing, I specialize in long hair, and our very first show's at 8 a.m., so I need the long hair models to come at 4 o'clock. So if you could get that room ready by 3, I would really appreciate it. And I said, okay, I'll make that happen. You say 3 o'clock, I have people in this room right now, and they're like, are you kidding me? 3 o'clock, I'm out. And you're going to be out in two years. So it's cool. The beauty industry isn't for everybody, but I coach and I groom and I train $100,000 year hairdressers. Uh, and if you want to be one of those people, I'm happy to coach you. If you don't, that's cool too. I get it. People join the professional beauty industry for different reasons. But I want to tell you, as a man that's been in the professional beauty industry longer than most of you have been alive, these are some of the key performance indicators of why people drop out. For four solid years, I was the director of a Robert Chromie salons. Do you guys know who Robert is? Uh, artistic Director for Paul Mitchell, Platformers of the Year, seven years in a row. Uh, and when we had one chair available in our salon, we would have a hiring event. And the hiring event would have 75, 100, 150 people show up. And I can't speak to how we hire people now, but I can speak to how we hired people 10 years ago when I was the director. So the hiring event would happen at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I would go in my all-black outfit, and I would sit in the audience with all the chairs that we set up in the salon with everybody else at 9.30. And I would make notes about you behind your back. She came to this job interview with nine of her fingernails. Didn't have time for the tampon? Is she ever going to spit that gum out? Who did her hair? And then I stand up and say, hi, my name's Sam. Thank you for guys coming to the hiring event. I have one question, one question only. What makes you unforgettable? I'm um, really good at men's cuts. I have one question, one question only. What makes you unforgettable? <laughs> what makes you unforgettable? What makes you unforgettable? What makes you unforgettable? What makes you unforgettable? My personality is awesome. And here's the thing. The first cut went like this. If you couldn't speak, you're out. If you couldn't speak on cue to one question, you were out. Because that said to me and Robert, you're really good on the phone, but you're not good in public because you can't speak to strangers. And if you can't speak to strangers, you have no hustle. So why would we hire you? So that was the first question. It was one interview question. What makes you unforgettable? That. First cut. Second cut. What's your average service ticket? Who here can tell me what their average service ticket is? Okay, what's your average service ticket? 52.60. What is it? 52.60. Okay, 52.48. Anybody else can tell me? Because Robert has a policy right now that if you can, if any future professional can prove 
to him before he, no matter where he is in the country, you have a $60 average service ticket, you get a job on the spot. Now, Robert's one of the smartest men I've ever had the opportunity to work with. But he's saying to me as the director or all of his other directors, if you find a future professional that can prove they have a $60 average service ticket, they get a job on the spot. How is that possible? Well, let's do some math. How much are your tickets here? How much is a haircut here at the school? 25 bucks. 25 bucks. $25. Okay. $25. Okay. So well, we're going to say $25. I'm going to give everybody that. All right, what about higher? We'll do $20. Are you going to get a job just doing haircuts all day? No. Nope. How am I going to increase this to $60? Bucks? How much does it cost? $45. What else can I do to upgrade this ticket? Alcohol yeah. treatment. treatment. How much is an alcohol treatment? $35. $35. What else should I do? Twelve dollars for iron work. What else? What? Did I say toner? Oh, take home. Okay, how much? Is, how much does the average client buy and take home? Thirty. Your average service ticket for your take home is thirty bucks in your school. Let's just say a product. Fifteen is an average product. Okay, fifteen. What else? I can do a glaze. What else? How much is the glaze? Ten. Ten. Anything else? Makeup application. Makeup application. How much? Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. What else? Extra bowl of color. Extra bowl of color. How much? Ten. Ten. Up style. How much is that? Aubrey, are you doing this math for me? Thirty dollars. Okay. So 25 and 35, this is $65. 65 and 35 is 100, right? 202. 202. $202 you can get out of every guest. $202. Now, I've had the honor of being at over 100 of our college schools. And the average service ticket in most schools isn't anywhere near that. So my question to you, the future professionals, is why? Like, really, why? Because the future professional you are right now is the exact same hairdresser you're going to be when you get out of here. The only thing that's going to change is we're going to give you a license. If you're always late to school, you're always going to be late to salon. You hangry in school, you're going to be hangry in the salon. Not a morning person in school, not going to be a morning person in the salon. You're afraid of men's haircuts in school, you'll be afraid of men's haircuts in the salon. So my question to you is, Way back when you loved your kid. Way back to the day that you toured this school and you had to talk your family into, I know $20,000 is a lot of money, but it's Paul Mitchell. Come on. What happened from that person to the person that you may be today? <coughs> to the person that's sitting in the break room. I walked through schools, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm waiting to go to lunch. <laughs> I said, excuse me. I'm waiting to go to lunch. <laughs> okay. It is 11.30. Lunch is at 12. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me you're going to sit here for another 30 minutes and not do hair so you can take another, how long is lunch, 30 minutes? 
So you can take another hour off and not do hair. Is that what you're Mm-hmm. Okay. Good for you. Is that the person I'm hiring at the hiring event? See, if your hands are in a hamburger, your hands aren't in hair. I had a lunch hour once. It's 1993. <laughs> it's 2.15. I was excited. I had lasagna. I had extra garlic bread. I was at the Olive Garden, so I ordered an extra salad. It was great. I had to eat it fast over a trash can. Come on, there's a hairdresser on the planet that can inhale a hot dog while her color is processing. Where is your hustle factor? And if you're that hairdresser that's leaving your bowls in your sink, Stephanie Kachowski will rat you out publicly in front of God and everybody. But here's Sam. He's too good to wash out his color bowls. Yeah, that's him. He thinks that his mom lives here, and his mom's going to come and clean that color bowl up for him. Stephanie Kachowski came out one time and said, don't you ever shake one of my clients' hands smelling like a cigarette ever again. You guys know who Stephanie is? The most dangerous employee at the Robert Crumbins house. Her average service ticket is around $290 to $350. A guest. So yeah, she's got a little bit of an opinion about if you touch her client smell like smoke. She's got a little bit of opinion if you're not going to work as hard as she is. She's one of my best friends in the world. She was in the hospital last year with a brain tumor. Because you can't knock a Polish girl from Jersey. You can't knock a Polish from Jersey now, I'm just saying. Uh, she'll just keep working and working and working. I'm one of the few people in the world that knows how hard she works. She'll walk into an event, like limping. I'm like, are you okay? She goes, uh-huh, I'm great. Okay. All right, so the only voice that you should hear is mine. Okay, so I'm going to share with you the exact same thing I shared with Simone. We're going to blow our balloons at the same time. So what you have in front of you is a magic balloon. And what they told me at Candyland is today you're going to have the ability to make three things that you're afraid of magically go away. So we're going to do this as a group. You're going to listen to the sound of my voice. And they told me at Candyland that if you shut your eyes, it has the most magic in it. So shut your eyes. I want you to take a practice breath first. Breathe in. Breathe out. Now I want you to think of one thing you're afraid of. I'm afraid I'm not going to pass my theory test. I'm afraid I'm not going to get enough gas tonight for me to drive home. Blow it in your balloon. One, two, three. I want you to think of a second thing you're afraid of. Make sure you got room for three fears. I want you to think of a second thing you're afraid of. I am afraid my sister is not going to overcome her breast cancer diagnosis. I'm afraid my grandfather is not going to get better from his stroke. I'm afraid that my niece is never going to get sober and, just, and find recovery. And blow it in your balloon. One, two, three.
Okay, now I want you to think of a third and final thing that you're afraid of. Shh. You think of a third and final thing you're afraid of. I want you to think of a, the thing that you pray to God about every single night. God, I can no longer take this fear. I'm going to ask that you remove this fear from me today. I can no longer take this burden. I'm afraid that my husband's going to leave me. I'm afraid we're not going to make enough money this month to pay our rent or feed our children. I'm afraid that my uncle is not going to recover from that car accident. And then I want you to blow that fear into your balloon. One, two, three. And now tie your balloon in a knot. Now, some of you are thinking, this isn't going to work for me because I'm the third-born brunette girl in my family, and the third-born brunette girl in my family has been cursed since the beginning of time. So this is only going to work for Becky with the good hair, but it's not going to work for me. <laughs> it's because you're fearful. And I know about fear because when I was your age, I was fearful every single day. Every single day, I was beat up because my friends were a different color than I was and because I was gay. And every single day for 10 solid years, I was called queer and faggot and just horrible names that only high school kids can say to other high school kids that I can't even say out loud today. Because kids are cruel. And every day I would wake up and I was like, just God, make me be invisible today. Please don't let me get beat up today. And every day I would get beat up because I was different. I was thrown in trash cans. I was pushed in lockers. I was gang beat up uh, in streets walking home. And on March 21st, 1981, after being beat up for 10 solid years... After my second period in accounting, the football team wrote faggot on my high school locker and urinated on all of my books. And I thought, I'm done. I'm done. So I shut my urine-drenched locker door, and I walked out of high school and started walking home and knew that today was the day that I was going to kill myself. And I walked home and I knew exactly how I was going to kill myself that day. But when I walked through my parents' door, I realized that today was a Tuesday. And both of my parents worked on Tuesdays. And if I killed myself today, my sister would find my body first. And I couldn't do it to my sister because I'm my sister's hero. So when my parents came home that night... We had a fight of biblical proportions. And my dad said, you have to go back to school tomorrow. And I said, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And he said, then if you're not going to go back to school, then you have to get a job because I'm not going to have a high school dropout in my house. So he dressed me up in my JCPenney suit and he drove me 15 minutes away from our house. And he said, get a job. I'll pick you up at 5 o'clock. And when he came at 5 o'clock that day, he said, do you have a job? And I said, no, sir, I do not. 
So then the next day he drove me 15 minutes in the opposite direction, and I spent all day long walking home. And when he came home that night and found out I didn't have a job, he said, this is how this is going to go, Sam. You get a job by tomorrow, or tomorrow I'm going to put you in the Army. And I went, oh, hell no. I barely survived <laughs> high school. I am never going to survive the Army. So I walked into Arby's, and I lied and said I was 18 years old, even though I was barely 17, because you had to be 18 years old to run the slicer. And I got my job. I had to pay $75 a month rent because my dad wasn't going to have a high school dropout in his house, even though my paycheck was $105 for two weeks of work. And I don't know what fast food's like now, but fast food in 1981 looked like this. You would take a block of lard and you would put it in an oven, and 30 minutes later, that lard became a bubbling cauldron of fryer grease that you had to walk over to the fryer. And all the boys at Arby's had pus oozing lacerations up and down their arms from the hot oil grease. So after doing that job for three months, I thought, this job sucks, I'm going to beauty school. I went to the Allentown School of Cosmetology because it was first in the yellow pages. I got my GED. I had to get a Pell Grant and a student loan because my dad wasn't going to help me because I was a high school dropout. Didn't pass my state boards the first time. Cut myself blood all over my grandmother, never finished my haircut. Um, I didn't even pass my driver's test the first time. And the reason why I share all that with you is not for you to have pity on me because I believe that God has a plan for all of us. And Joel Osteen said at that Oprah Winfrey Life class that God will not put you in a storm until he lands you in a safe harbor of which he has already chosen. But God will not put you in that storm until he knows that you're going to be safe. See, God has a plan for every single one of us. But sometimes when you're in the storm, you don't know what's going to be on the other side. A caterpillar doesn't know tomorrow he's going to be a butterfly. He just knows today sucks. What does Dolly Parton say? you got to go through the rain in order for you to see the rainbow. A pearl isn't formed until it goes through some irritation. But I stand before you right now today as witness that God has a plan for all of us. Had a bunch of morons 35 years ago not pissed in my locker, I wouldn't have quit school. And if I wouldn't have quit school, I wouldn't have realized that fast food is not for me. And I wouldn't have gone to beauty school, and I wouldn't have discovered Paul Mitchell, and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to travel all over the world and do all the great things that I've done with my beauty license, all because a bunch of morons pissed in my locker 35 years ago. God has a plan for all of us. So tonight, I want you to know that you're not going to be able to hear that message if you're covered in fear, because there's too many voices in your head. And tonight, with all the faith that you have in your body and all the faith that you have in your soul, I want you to hold your balloon up with your right hand, and I want you to think of everything that's been blocking you for the past months, weeks, or years, and we're going to take that word fear... And we're going to change it from fear, and fear is now going to stand for finding everything's all right. And when you throw that balloon at me, everything's going to be all right. And you're going to create an inertia and an energy and a clearing space within your own soul and your own body so that all those voices are going to go away, and you're going to be able to receive all those blessings that God already has in store for you. So on the count of three, I want you to throw your balloons at me. Reflections One, of the two, fears I three, know I 
Give yourselves a round of applause because you're all now fearless. Thank you guys for playing with me. I appreciate it. I, I love you. I want you to have a blessed day. I'm on my way. Can't stop.